You're listening to a sermon from Pasco Vale Church of Christ. To hear more of our teaching or to find out about the church, please visit our website, pvcc.org.au. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your great love for us and what we can learn from it in the text today. Help us to know you better and your great love for us so that we can learn to love you and others in the same way you love us. In the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, I pray. Amen. Time's a funny thing. Sometimes we think time goes by so slowly. Other times it goes by so quickly. I read some time ago online a funny quote about this. Someone wrote that you could meet someone, marry, have a baby, and get divorced, all while still using the same box of 500 cotton swabs. Sometimes life changes so quickly, and it can feel like time has passed, um, more time has passed than it really has. And it's a bit like that in the story of Ruth today. So much has changed in such a short amount of time. Let's review a little bit of what's happened so far in the story. When Ruth lost her husband, it happened about 10 years after them trying and failing to have children. And when it happened, her sister-in-law wasn't able to help out because she had just lost her husband as well. And their mother-in-law, Naomi, the matriarch, she herself was a widow and was not able to work. All three of them were sitting on the brink of poverty and disaster. It was at this time that Naomi heard of God's goodness in helping Israel, and she decided to return home. So Ruth helps Naomi pack up and sell everything she owned and decides to leave her whole life behind to accompany Naomi on the perilous journey home. Soon, Ruth finds herself not just a childless widow, but also a foreigner in the land of her enemies. So much has happened in such a short amount of time, but that was only just the start. When Ruth and Naomi arrive in Bethlehem, It was at the beginning of the barley season. And last week we learned that Ruth gleaned until the end of the barley and wheat harvest seasons. So the harvest season was around April and May. And in this short amount of time, that is two months, the lives of Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz are turned upside down due to each of them showing selfless love, love shown through their actions. Let's take a look at each of these three people individually, and then we'll finish by seeing what we can learn about relationships from the interactions between Ruth and Boaz. Let's start with Naomi. When Naomi first returned, she was quite bitter, and she may have been thinking and praying the following. God, you've taken everything from me, all I had hoped for, but you did bring me back home. And you provided me with my daughter-in-law, who hasn't left me, but she's been so kind to me. All the people of the city look at her with suspicion, though. We're enemies, after all. But Lord, they especially remember the time that Moabite women seduced the men of Israel to get them to follow their gods. Everyone tells their sons to stay far away from Ruth. They're judging her without taking the time to get to know her. They don't know that she's chosen to follow you 
that she's made you her god. Please help her. And so, Naomi makes a plan. She's going to start telling everyone around her about Ruth and about Ruth's kindness towards her. And it seems to be working. When Ruth first shows up in the fields, Boaz's servant has already heard about her journeying uh, with, uh, with Naomi all the way from Moab. And Boaz, too, has already heard all about it. And actually, by the end of the harvest season, it's worked so well that Boaz tells Ruth the whole town has heard about her character as a worthy woman. Now, Naomi was old. She herself couldn't work in the fields. But she was working hard behind the scenes to help Ruth with the only means she could, her voice. And the result is that Ruth is no longer a faceless, foreign, outsider reject. She's Naomi's daughter-in-law, who is kind, who traveled with Naomi from Moab, who gave up everything, and who sought refuge in God. That's how people have begun to think of her now, thanks to Naomi. Maybe you've experienced feeling like an outsider. You might know the pain, the stares, the rejection that Ruth would have felt from everyone. She'd need to look away so as not to look at the hatred. Having Naomi stand up for her would have meant so much to her. Or perhaps you've witnessed this kind of rejection. It's not easy to witness. And it's also difficult to know what to do in those kinds of situations. And Naomi, she wasn't just up against a couple of people. It was the whole city. We, like Naomi, can be advocates for those who are neglected, despised, those who are rejected. We can share honest, good things about those we know in order to confront the negative assumptions people have about them. Naomi, she made a difference in her whole town and it shows the power just one person can have. What a difference love in action made in just a couple of months. But Naomi's love didn't end there. As you know from last week, God helped Ruth find the field of one of Naomi's relatives, Boaz, who was very generous. We can only assume Boaz's generosity would have continued throughout the entire harvest season. So Naomi is no longer empty. Her and Ruth's situation has stabilized now. But the harvest season only lasts a couple of months. So Naomi, she started thinking about phase two to secure a stable future for Ruth so she wouldn't need to rely only on temporary generosity from Boaz. She wants to help Ruth get married. Now, there weren't any immediate male relatives in the family left to help arrange a marriage, so it'd be up to the two of them. Ruth's reputation was now at a good point, but it'd be risky, and she'd have to wait until the right moment. Boaz would need to be in the right mood to accept such a wild proposition. And how would Ruth fare? Would she fail? Would Boaz reject her as just a Moabite seductress and bring shame upon her, or worse yet? Well, she proposed the idea, and Ruth could only try. This brings us to Ruth's story. Let's imagine what she might have been thinking. 
My mother-in-law just proposed the wildest idea to me. To dress up as a bride, to go out where the men are partying outdoors, to lie down at Boa's feet in the middle of the night, in the field, in the hope that he'll wake up and say yes to marrying me. What will happen if someone sees me dressed up as a bride? Won't they just assume I'm a Moabite prostitute looking for quick money? What if something even worse happens? Or even if nothing happens, word could spread. I could lose the little reputation that I've been gaining. People would never accept me, ever again. But God, you've been good to me. I've trusted you this far. I'm going to choose to trust you tonight. Ruth made a choice, a choice to step out in faith, but even more, a choice of love towards Naomi, as we'll see. And when Boaz, he wakes up from his uncovered feet, getting cold, she's ready. She doesn't hesitate. She just asks him straight away for marriage. Well, it may not sound like that to us, but it's a bit of wordplay acted out. The word wings in Hebrew is also the word for the corner of a garment. So Ruth was asking Boaz to spread the corner of his garment over her. And that itself was a way of speaking about marriage, as the passage in Ezekiel 16 shows. So his feet are cold because she uncovered them, and now she's asking him to cover not only his feet, but also to cover her symbolically as well, to cover her with protection, to marry her. But she goes further. She asks for more than what Naomi had instructed her. She reminds him that he's a redeemer for the family. Boaz would be able to redeem the family property that Naomi's husband had sold. He could buy back the family property so that Naomi could live out the rest of her days in security. So she wasn't just asking for marriage for herself. She also wanted to ensure Naomi's safety. Ruth risked everything out of love for Naomi, not knowing what would happen. She's an example to us of someone putting their faith and love into action, and it could have cost her everything. I wonder, is there someone you're struggling to love? Something you're struggling to do because it might be too costly, too daring, too risky, too uncertain. We may feel weak in our own selves to love in this kind of way, but we have someone who can help us. Jesus, who loved us to the point of death. And he wants us to learn from him, to love to the utmost as he did. He said he calls us his friends if we do what he commands us. And his command is that we love as he has loved us. It's a bold command, but it brings life and light to those around us. Ruth was bold. She acted boldly out of love for Naomi, even while asking for marriage to Boaz. And she was asking a lot from Boaz. It would not come cheap to him either. 
So this brings us to Boaz's story. Now Boaz, he was the son of an unusual union. His mother was Rahab, the prostitute from Jericho, who rescued Israelite spies and whose family was then rescued when Jericho was destroyed. Everyone knew of Rahab and her reputation, and she was a foreigner. Everyone would have viewed her with suspicion. Had she just pretended to believe in God so that she could be saved? Was her faith real? Boaz would have grown up hearing all the jokes, hearing all the mean things people said about his mother and about him. So I think he would have naturally empathized with outsiders, with foreigners. He knew his mother's faith in God was real. It grew his faith. So he would have known not to judge people just by appearances. At the start of our story now, Boaz is an older man, and by now he's established himself in Bethlehem. So maybe this is what he was thinking. God, thank you for bringing my relative Naomi back safely. She suffered so much. I hope she can rest well in her later years in safety. Naomi's family line has died out, and there isn't anyone left to receive back the land when the 50 years are up in the year of Jubilee. At least she has redeemers, and I'm one of them. But she has a closer redeemer than me. I don't want to intrude on his rights to buy back the property. It's his responsibility and also his privilege to get the first choice. But God, anyone who redeems Naomi's land will also be redeeming it for Ruth. And Ruth, she's young enough to marry again. And if one of us relatives redeems the land, Ruth could just marry someone else and then he would benefit from it. Why would one of us redeem the land only if it goes to someone else? It would go to Ruth's husband and his family as his property. Unless Ruth were to marry one of Naomi's relatives, one of us. Hmm. It would be best for Naomi's sake for Ruth to marry a redeemer and then hopefully have a son to carry on the family name. I wonder what Naomi's closest redeemer is thinking. He would need to decide not just to redeem the land, but also to marry Ruth. But would he want to marry a Moabite woman? We've been told to stay away from them. They'll cause our hearts to turn away from you. I know Naomi's been telling everyone in town how kind she is, that she's clung not just to her, but to you as well, that she's come here to seek refuge in God. I wonder if she's like my mother. I think I'd like to meet this unique Moabite woman. And meet they do. Throughout the harvest season, they would have had time to observe each other, to interact, gotten to know each other. It may not be dating in the modern sense that we think of. That would have been impossible. But in the end, it would have served the same purpose, to help them make a wise decision about marriage. Ruth carrying out Naomi's plan was certainly an unconventional marriage proposal, even back then. And Boaz accepts it. 
he doesn't view himself as above marrying a poor outside foreigner. Instead, he's smitten by this woman of character. And he praises her, not just for asking for marriage for herself, but for thinking of Naomi's redemption as well. So he's willing, willing to pay the price to redeem the family property for them and to marry Ruth. What a difference just two months can make when people choose to show love in action. Now let's take a look at the interactions between Ruth and Boaz to see what we can learn from them about relationships. Now the Bible doesn't actually talk about dating. Back then, marriages were usually arranged or decided on a more practical level. So I think if there's ever a story in the Bible relevant for modern dating, I think it would have to be this one. But of course, most of the lessons apply also to those in marriages, or they're just good lessons in general for all relationships. The first lesson is that they took time to observe each other. Boaz would have seen that Ruth is humble, respectful, grateful. She works hard, not just to provide for herself, but also for her mother-in-law. She's thrifty and generous, taking her leftovers back for Naomi. And Ruth, she would have observed that Boaz is generous. He's kind, respectful, protective, and a good boss towards his workers. Boaz, he's generous with his gifts. He tells workers to purposefully drop bundles of grain for her to glean. At lunch, he gives her so much food she can't finish it. And at her proposal, he heaps 20 kilos of freshly winnowed barley for her to take back home. And his generosity isn't just towards her, it's also towards her mother-in-law. His concern isn't just for the person, but also for those closest to them and their relatives. Boaz, he shows great hospitality, inviting her to join in on the worker's lunch meal and telling her to make use of the water that his servants have filled up and carried over to the field. And he's protective of her. He instructs his workers not to touch her and gives her advice to stay near his female servants. And he doesn't take advantage of Ruth when she was in the most precarious of situations, alone, surrounded by men, in the middle of the night, and with her reputation at risk. So, observing each other, generous gifts, showing hospitality, protective. These are all great lessons so far. We can also see their concern for each other's reputations. On her first day, Boaz tells his workers not to rebuke her if she makes mistakes. And in today's story, he also ensures that she can go back home before anyone can recognize her. Let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor, he says. Ruth, likewise, is always telling Naomi of the wonderful things Boaz is doing. She does such a good job, in fact, that at the end of this chapter, Naomi feels like she already knows Boaz's character. She says he won't rest until the matter is settled that day. Looking at their communication, it's kind and respectful towards each other. Boaz, he blesses and praises her for her character and her generosity in caring for Naomi. Ruth also praises Boaz for his kindness 
saying that he's comforted her and spoken kindly to her. And it's not just all fluff either. They use open and honest communication, something I think we can all learn from. At their first meeting, Ruth is confused and asks Boaz directly, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should notice me since I'm a foreigner? And her request for marriage and redemption was given clearly, directly, openly. Likewise, Boaz is honest to her about the difficulty of her request. He tells her what the problem is. He doesn't try to hide it. And he doesn't promise what he can't do. He tells her what he's prepared to do and lets her know that the ultimate decision isn't up to him. Communication is so important. And these two seem to be doing great. The final lesson that we can learn from these two is that they both carried out their love decisively. Ruth took a big step of faith in going out to propose to Boaz. And now Boaz is determined to do all that he can, going straight to town to meet with Naomi's nearest redeemer. Both take decisive steps. I think we can all agree there's a lot to learn about relationships from these two, how to show love in action towards those closest to us. And the lessons are useful, whether we're single, dating, or married. By the end of today's story, you can tell that Boaz is, is excited. Ruth, too, is excited, going straight to Naomi and telling her everything. She's probably so excited that Naomi has to advise her just to wait. What a difference two months can make when everyone shows love in action. I wonder, is there an outsider in your life that you can be an advocate for? Other relationship lessons that you'd like to focus on this week? Or maybe there's a costly decision that you could choose to make out of love for someone in your life. You might feel like it's too difficult to practice selfless love. You might feel a lack of hope in your situation, that two months could never fix anything. You might also feel like an unlikely person to be used by God to bless others. If that's so, you're at the same place that they were. Naomi was too old and weak to work, a widow with nothing left. Ruth was a childless widow, an outsider from an enemy people who had a bad reputation. Boaz, he's old, the son of a foreign former prostitute, not the first in line to help redeem Naomi. You may feel like an unlikely person to be used in God's story of blessing others. But God, he just asks us to walk decisively in faith and to put into action the love he's already given to us through Jesus. To be like Jesus. God, may we be like you. Amen.